0: 10 minutes welcome. Thank you. Thank you for this opportunity um, to speak to the committee about my story of loving someone that is addicted to meth. Recently my son wrote me a short note in which he expressed his love for me, his thankfulness for my ongoing support and his pledge to himself to once again try for sobriety. The note was written on September 26th of this year about four days prior to learning that his bed date was going to be October 18th. By his math, he could continue to use meth for about nine days before attempting to detox himself so he could enter the program clean. On admission day, he was tested and was immediately sent to detox. He went on to complete the 28-day program, returned to Brandon, and immediately relapsed. This scenario has played out numerous times over the last six years. The first 18 years of my son's life were normal by today's standards. I raised him mostly as a single parent. He was a model child, an athlete, popular, graduated high school, went on to attend university, made it on to the men's basketball team. Everything he'd ever wanted in his life was right there for the taking. But his dreams to play basketball ended when using drugs became more important. For 11 years now, I've watched my son slowly succumb to the world of drugs. Marijuana, cocaine, ecstasy, crack, and meth. Of all the drugs he's used, meth is the one that won't allow my son to function in life. With the other drugs, he was still trying to get his education, play basketball, and hold down a job. But meth took everything away except his need for the drug. Meth is an ugly drug. It's been called the evil drug. And having witnessed my son under the influence of it and also withdrawing from it, I can attest to the darkness that it shrouds the substance user with. The violence that comes with the drug is very real. Homemade weapons are a necessity for the paranoia that comes with using meth. I have been witness to the extreme behavior that propels someone on meth to barricade their home from whatever evil it is that makes them do it. My son tells me that he doesn't want to do bad things, but he has a genuine fear of the evil that manifests in his mind. This evil is the violence that is talked about by service providers. It's the get-them-before-they-get-me psychosis that propels someone on meth to become violent. It is impossible for anyone to understand the pain a mother feels when their child is hurting and you know you can do nothing about it. We fix things. We're a mom. We can do anything. But I can't fix this one. Two years ago, after nine years of hoping things would turn around for my son, I gave in to the exhaustion that comes with loving a substance user. I took an eight-week leave from my job and used that time to grieve the loss of my son as I have always known him to be. I had a new normal and it was time to get on with it. After my eight week hiatus from life I made a decision to share my story with my community as a way to ring the alarm bell about the meth crisis that was upon us. I did this with permission from my son to share his story with mine. In July of 2017 I shared my concern to my city's council and since then I have been advocating non-stop to raise awareness about meth and the impacts that it has on a community. I see this advocacy as contributing to my community's willingness to address the meth issue we currently face. Our City of Brandon, our Brandon School Division, sponsored five sessions last week called NEO, Not Even Once, Brandon Fighting Addiction, which featured well-known speaker and advocate Joe Roberts, the Skid Row CEO and founder of Push for Change, who presented to each of our three high schools and also an open evening session for service providers and other interested individuals. Our Brandon Police Services have added two additional members to the Brandon Police Services Crime Support Unit. A drug investigator focused on meth, and a youth intelligence officer focused on exploited, missing, runaway youth due to, in part, to meth. We have a community immobilization unit. These are service providers collaborating services for citizens with risk factors that lead to emergent response from police, health and other agencies. A steady uptake in meth use has increased the needs beyond what is currently available for resources. Our Prairie Mountain Health opened a rapid access to addiction medicine clinic in October that is open twice weekly for two hours. They also offer a needle exchange program. 30,000 needles were distributed in 2017. Addictions Foundation of Manitoba has increased their crystal meth presentations in communities, some detoxing and longer stays, Have been added to their current programming and they have improved their pathway planning. The Canadian Mental Health Association is in the process of developing supportive recovery services for addiction and those in recovery to learn to live a productive life. Our Brandon Friendship Centre has numerous options available to provide programs and services for Aboriginal people and recently held a forum in the community about meth. Brandon Bear Clan Patrol, twice-week patrols by volunteers with the purpose to provide a sense of safety, solidarity, and belonging to both its members and to the community they serve. In 2017, the Bear Clan picked up 50 needles in our community. In 2018 to date, they have picked up over 550 needles. Westman Families of Addicts, a support group started in 2017 that currently supports 206 families in the Westman region that have been affected by meth. Last week, the government of Manitoba made two announcements that will assist in addressing the fallout from meth use in our province. A request for proposals for in-province residential treatment has been sent out by the government with a submission deadline for January 15, 2019. Intent is to provide service to 15 individuals per year with concurrent mental health and addictions disorder. In the coming months, a tendered contract will be awarded to provide long-term withdrawal, detox, management beds, number of beds, detox beds are yet to be determined. Very positive progress so far. But based on my personal experience, we've got a long way to go as a nation. I am in agreement with what previous witnesses have recommended as steps to take going forward. If we trust what history has taught us about meth, we know that it periodically cycles in and out of the drug world. Knowing this, I think it's imperative that we make illicit drug use a topic for our school system to integrate as part of their curriculum. Dr. Gabor Mate references the fact that we have lost our human connection. He also said something that is important for all of us to remember as we move forward. There is no war on drugs, because you can't war against inanimate objects. There is only a war on drug addicts, which means we are warring on the most abused and vulnerable segments of society. After 11 years of coping with my son's substance use disorder, I can honestly say that I I wish it was over one way or the other. Every time I hear a siren or the phone rings at odd hours, I wonder if this is the call. To some, this will make me sound like a terrible parent, but sometimes I do imagine that that call is the call, from which my son will finally have peace from the war that our society appears to be losing.